Welcome to episode 203 of Coffee Pods and Wads. Each drop is plain, rain. Inside a can of rain. Yes, um, Rain Body Fuel are one of the show sponsors and they have just announced that I am the head of their next advertising camp. No, they haven't. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you, Professor Zoidberg from the frankly consistently disappointing Futurama, which will forever be known by me as the American dad to the Simpsons family guy. Uh, Whoop are actually sponsoring the show. Those Whoop things are thin on the ground, I tell you. That was a great idea when I started it, and I've already ran out of songs. Um, so if you have any suggestions, I'll greatly accept them. Um, they are sponsoring the show, and they're helping people like Fee Keats, or Fiona Keating to you or I, to rack up an average recovery of 86% last week. Or Craig Albert, who got an average daily strain of 18.1. Um, so either he did like nothing for six days and then he ran a double marathon or he's just pretty intense. Um, either way, you can join him through join.whoop.com forward slash CPW. And you can compare scores with him, Fiona and others by joining the show page using com hyphen CPW. 365. Uh, Rad are also sponsoring the show and you can grab a pair for yourself on either the 21st or the 22nd of this month depending uh, where you live in the world and it'll be their fourth release. Uh, sorry I can't say drop I just can't do it um, but it will most likely sell out within an hour or less so prepare yourself accordingly. You can either set an alarm and have your card stapled to your hand or don't set an alarm and stock up on crying towels. Uh, the Hybrid Academy are also sponsoring the show, and the lads kindly sent me two of their oversized range to try my review. I went and bought the other two colours that were available the next day. Those clever bastards. Uh, the Hybrid Academy dot store, and you can use Pod10 to support them. And finally, Burbox Coach Development are offering you the chance to become a better coach by using their CrossFit Preferred co- course burboxcoachdevelopment.com and you can use pods for savings there Nathan has actually asked me to stop making up dialogue and promises that he has never made in this section of the show he said it's unfair and misrepresents him and then he went on like a 40 minute rant about how blue my eyes are and how handsome I am um, or else none of that happened I don't know either way uh, burboxcoachdevelopment.com today's guest is Gabby Magawa um, we chat about her ongoing documentary her career so far success in 2022 and her gradual acceptance of engaging with media folk. Um, I'm going to include myself in that. Enjoy, listen, share and tag. I'm good, thank you. Just uh, finished second session. Ate my bag and ready to talk. Are you in um, Mallorca now, yeah? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I just realized it's going to be second year here and I still can speak Spanish so it's very embarrassing when someone uh, asks oh you might speak uh, so well in Spanish now I'm like oh not really yeah I get it's different though for you because like everyone that you hang around with speaks English and like Mm -hmm. you know trains through English coaches through English so like there's no need like I guess it'd be nice to be able to well I assume you can go to a shop or a cafe and say I, I can't order something in the restaurant yeah. or say hello, how are you, and stuff like this. But it's I can't really have a conversation. And it's a really what you said. It's a, a really great excuse to have. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm working on it. It's lovely. I suppose the main thing is you wouldn't if if they all disappeared, you wouldn't die because you'd be able to ask for food. You'd be able mm-hmm. to ask like 
you know, where is the whatever? So like, that's all you really need. You don't need to ask someone like, you know, how their family is like, it's just survival. That's all you need is survival. So thanks for doing this. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out. Um, I've seen is Christoph isn't there now, is he? He's in, he's gone home, has he? Mm -hmm. So our deal was that after quarterfinals, uh, we're going to go to see each other's family. I mean, he went uh, back home to Hungary. I went back to Poland. Mm -hmm. And we were supposed to come back on Sunday. I did okay. that. I came back here on Sunday and he called me. Uh, Hi. Hey, babe. I'm going <laughs> to stay here a few more days if that's okay. I'm like, okay. So yeah. he's, uh, he really enjoys being back home. So Have you, have you been home much? Uh, I assume you weren't home much, say, like, in 2020 or whatever but with covid and everything but have you been home much since you moved to majorca not really a couple of times okay. i mean so when i decided to move on uh, to majorca um i didn't really say um uh, this you know dramatic goodbye and oh i'm gonna i'm gonna see you in a while baba because I, no one really expected the uh covid yeah. and I was planning to come back in month in one month and then it turns out to be seven months i think since i came back wow. so that was uh, for the first time mm -hmm. i haven't seen my friends and family for such a long time so it was hard but then you know basically i'm uh, in the training all the time and in crossfit we don't really have this clear off season because mm after games it's okay it's a few weeks uh is i mean off and then i got uh, i had to get ready for rogue and then for dubai so it was really hard to plan travel but whenever i have i know i have uh, a deload planned i'm trying to uh to look on the flight tickets and try to see my family what I did after quarterfinals because I have no idea when I'm going to be able to <laughs> to travel back home. So I decided, okay, let's do this now and then we'll see. And you have uh, two like quite young siblings, is that right? Mm -hmm. So my brother is six. <laughs> I hope it's right. I'm so bad. And my uh, younger sister is 13. Okay. And do they like are they aware of like what you do and how good you are at it? Like, are they, do they follow the sport or are they any interested? Yeah, of, course. In it? of course. And they even tried uh, CrossFit kids classes a few times. Okay. And I mean, my sister went through the phase that she was trying to, uh, to be more active and maybe choosing a sport she's going to go for, but then she, she realized she's more like artisty okay. uh, soul and yeah, she's really into uh, like drawing and stuff like this. And my brother actually, uh, he's getting pretty good in football. So, as in like soccer, yeah, soccer, yeah. Okay, but wow. uh, but yeah, like they travel with me for a few competitions in the past, and they are really supportive and. A few weeks ago, uh, my brother did a presentation about me. Oh, wow. So I just, I have to say, uh, 
uh, I got really emotional. It was very sweet, and I I was just I couldn't believe he chose uh, me to talk to. I mean, he chose me uh, to share uh, yeah. in his class and talk about me and the CrossFit. So it was really really a proud moment. Yeah, that's really cool. God, I don't mm-hmm. know why I got so emotional when you said that. <laughs> uh, that's really cool. That's great. Um, so Christoph has been in Hungary and I've seen him. He's putting up loads of like, uh, it must be like a local coffee roasters or a coffee shop or something that he's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to, when I interviewed uh, Joseph, he was saying that he meets you and Christoph regularly for coffee. Is that, uh, would you... Do you drink a lot of coffee? Like, is that is it a um, like a treat that you allow yourself, or do you just drink it because you're hanging around with them and they're drinking it? Mm, I think I'm quite a big coffee person, but I don't I don't really uh, feel the uh, this caffeine uh, okay. effect, if that makes sense. Like, I just yeah. drink it because I really like the taste and. Yeah. Well, I I drink maximum two coffees per day, so it's not uh, anything crazy. It's just I really enjoy it, and and in in Mallorca we are quite lucky because there is a lot of cool uh, coffee shops around, so it's good to have a quick stop before uh, between the session and relax a little bit in a coffee shop instead of a loud, a really loud gym. Yeah, yeah. Um... I want to talk to you about podcasts and and media and stuff because <clears throat> so I saw you on you've been on Savan's podcast a couple of times mm-hmm. um and then you've done like some interviews with Morning Chalk Up and uh obviously we'll talk about it later on but you've got the the kind of documentary series as well um I was curious like how comfortable are you in the limelight like how comfortable because obviously I suppose there was you've been kind of because of your performances and your ability, especially in say the last like maybe 18 months, you've really been pushed into the kind of center stage area. Whereas like before it's, I guess when you're not um, reaching the heights that you're currently reaching, you can kind of shy away a little bit. Like you might not be as in demand. And I was curious, like, are you adjusting all right to that? Do you find it weird that people want to talk to you or is it something that you're kind of like, yeah, no, I'm happy to do that. No, it's uh, it's very uncomfortable. It's something I'm not comfortable with. And I still think that training hard at the gym is way easier than doing <laughs> interviews and talking about myself. I never really wanted to be in the center of attention, if that makes sense. But yeah. something switched to a switch uh, when I compete. It's just, I don't really... Uh, think about anything what's happening around me i just really uh i'm just focusing on the task and uh trying to uh, do uh, the best what i can um did you is is your english from school like did you do english in when you're in like secondary school or high school or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah i i actually i started uh to have uh, english classes very early i was around four years I think so it was back in the kindergarten but um, I would say English in schools were most like we were writing stuff we were really focusing on the grammar and everything we didn't really practice speaking 
and when I met Christoph, um, it was very awkward sometimes because I couldn't really talk. So I just like smile and nod. Yeah, yeah, or yes, no, yes, no. It was very funny. Um, but uh, I started to spend more and more time with him, talking through the phone, and I just got more comfortable. And I stopped caring when I do mistake or something like that, which was a breakout, I would say. And uh, yeah, I I think it was thanks to him. Uh, I learned to speak better, but it's still, of course, that that's the main reason, one of the reasons why I never was really uh, into doing interviews um, with CrossFit Media and stuff, just because I, everyone can uh, uh, hear my English and my really strong Polish accent, and I was very embarrassed of that at the beginning, but now I'm like, Okay, fine. Like English is my it's not my first language, so I have full right to make mistakes yeah. and sounds a little bit funny, but yeah, I should be proud about that then. Yeah, well I think it's like the uh anyone in the media that I know of anyway just wants to sh- show the best possible side of the athlete or whatever. So I I'd say you know, like we um I, yeah, I'll include myself in that. In the, in the media group but I think like we like we'd never you know show you in a bad light if at all possible so like even if you're just you know like if I see you searching for a word I try and offer a suggestion I won't just sit there and like wait like I was thinking there's always someone in a worse position I, like I asked um sorry we were chatting about like having you on and stuff and I was like oh like what's I was like is Roman's English podcastable and he goes he literally has three words so like however however like you you think you struggle with English there's always going to be someone that's worse off somewhere else um I think your English is amazing because it's funny when you say that when you're in school you learned grammar that must have been a fucking nightmare because like English makes no sense like if someone asked me different grammar rules about english like everything just is an exception Mm -hmm. to the rule the rules just don't make sense it's like you know i know there's one that we always learned in school was like when you're spelling it's like i before e except after c but then when you start looking at all the exceptions of the rule it's like hang on this there's more exceptions to the rule that there are words that follow the rule it doesn't make any sense um and then like even just words that mean to the same word that means like five different things because there's an e in it or not or what you know like it's yeah it's a shit show to learn grammar i'd say um when you're doing interviews and like podcasts and like you know like written interviews and the say the documentary and stuff have you got a, a like a limit like have you got a cutoff in the year say where you're like okay no more now because it's business time or like is it sometimes is it a welcome distraction like to have these kind of um i guess like breaks from training or whatever or it does it come to like say may when you're like okay no more now we just focus on what i'm doing and then maybe after semis i might do some more or like do you kind of enjoy you know moving away from the gym and doing this and then going back is it a break Mm, so actually i never really talk about uh, I thought about that like uh, but I would say uh, 
I never was, I never were in this position before. Like some, so many people wanted to have a interview with me or something. So I'm, I'm just uh, trying to take advantage of that and like um, talk a, a little bit of my about myself and people can get to know me. But like I said before, it's something really, really uncomfortable for me, and it's takes a lot of energy and sometimes even stress uh, stress for me so what actually you brought it that maybe at some point of the season I would prefer to focus on the training I think yeah. I, w- I would do that like now it's quite easier I mean not that stressful time when it comes to training I'm uh, and it's good to get this exposure because uh, at the end of the day, it's like both. I mean, there are two things with athletes. There's like uh, what we do uh, at the gym and how we compete. But there's like this business side as well. Yeah. So we have to show ourselves to people and uh, to get new sponsor and be able to even do this. So, of course, I, I would like to people to get to know me. And uh, yeah. But maybe after semis, I will I will stop a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody would blame you in like, you know, June if you just said, "Okay, mm-hmm. I'll I'll speak to you all in like end of or middle August or whatever." Um, so the the documentary then um is running as a series, and I've had uh, Joseph on talking about it. I've seen the first two episodes are out. Like it's it's really good like it is brilliant um there's a lot of stuff that i really like about it um like i think the second the f- the first episode was like it uh, i i kind of saw it as a bit of a teaser like it was kind of mm-hmm. showing like what's coming and it was kind of getting it hyped up and stuff the second one um i think it was called like planting the seed or plant the seed or something i think mm-hmm. and i think i messaged him afterwards and i was like i absolutely loved the fact that the there was like a parallel of you starting CrossFit and like planting that seed and then the open this year and like the start of the season and how it was running together. I really like that. Um, are you like, have you, do you watch them back? Like, are you, cause if I'm just thinking now, if you're saying that, you know, you're not sure how comfortable you are at doing interviews and stuff. Like I know I absolutely fucking hate watching or listening back to myself doing anything. Like when I'm editing these, I'm constantly just like, oh God, you sound so stupid, like all the time. Have you watched them back? And is that like, do you like lock yourself away in a room and watch it on your own and then say, yeah, that's fine? Or do you watch it with Christoph or do you just wait till it comes out? Um, so it's different with the with Josie's video. I mean, just because how passionate he is about that and how much, uh, I'm just curious how uh, what he did with those videos. So I watched them. But when it comes to any kind of uh, podcast or like speaking interview, I'm just, I never listen myself. I just I just can't. It's just too awkward. And it's funny because I really like the first video, uh, the first episode, because I barely spoke there. And the second video, the second episode, basically, it was basically all me talking i was like josie maybe we should <laughs> cut some stuff and just show more training or more outside the gym stuff but 
uh, there was a really positive um, feedback from people and only positive comments. So uh, I think people really don't mind me talking a little funny. Maybe they they even think that it's a uh, sweet or something. And actually, uh, Josie's project. Uh, made me more um, open for those interviews just because I, I already heard myself. I was like, okay, everyone already heard me, how I talk and everything. So I just might go with the flow and just don't care. Yeah. And be... I mean, like people are there for you. So like, mm -hmm. if they're like, if they're watching the video, they're watching it because they're a fan or because they're curious yeah. or because they want to know more or, they've seen you do some of the extraordinary things that you do and they want to know more. And I think it's the same with this, like, you know, probably 80% of people who listen to this have either searched your name or have seen it somewhere with your picture on it and clicked mm -hmm. on because of that. And then there's obviously the whatever 20% that just listen to everything, but like, they're nice people anyway, but like, it's mm -hmm. like, if people are going, if people are going out of the way to listen to you, there's nobody well, there probably are some people, but there's not many people willing to give up an hour or whatever to watch or listen to someone that they don't like. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So like, you know, it's kind of like giving it. Have you ever um, seen anyone give like a best man speech at a wedding? Mm -hmm. um, like that's the best audience you can ever have because everybody in the room wants you to succeed. Like everybody in the room is like, please be funny and they're like waiting to laugh or they're waiting to clap or they're all in a good mood they're all there like they're all listening to this person with the microphone and they're like come on like we really want you to do it. like no one wants a best man speech to be shit or to be awkward like you everyone wants to be funny and enjoyable and i think that's the biggest parallel i can draw between guests on like interviews or in documentaries or whatever is everybody wants that person to do well and they want them to come across well um Unless it's one of those documentaries that's, you know, like about a serial killer or whatever. I don't think people aren't willing them to be successful. But like, yeah, when it comes to athletes. Um, tennis then came up in the second episode um, as your your chosen sport when you were younger. Um, I played a bit of tennis. Uh, not, <laughs> I doubt, to the level that you played it to. Um, but I remember when... Like we, we got really into tennis one summer, me and my brother and my brother's like four years older than me. We got really into it, um, for about like maybe five weeks or whatever, when we were off school. And then I remember that winter dad started like digging up. We had like, there was like a forest on our land outside our house. We live on a farm and he started digging it up and like, didn't tell us what he was doing. And then he started like doing loads of stuff with it and never told us what he was doing. And then like, he got a tarred like tarmac put on it and we were like is it a car park like what is going on he was like no i'm making you a tennis court because you're so into tennis and we were just like oh man that was like you know a couple of months ago like that was just we're not really that into it anymore we're kind of gone off it a bit but because he had done, gone to all this effort we were like yeah you know look how much we love tennis you know like force ourselves to play it but um from my time being slightly below average at tennis um and then thinking about how that translates to crossfit like i kind of view crossfit as and from speaking to different athletes it's like 
you against yourself. Like, obviously, there's other athletes competing, but like, you can't control anything they do. You can only control like how you, you know, how quickly you transition or how quickly, you know, you recover or how hard you train in the lead up to the competition to get you ready and stuff. But like tennis, like because there's a racket and a ball and because the other like competitor like how they think can affect how you have to play your game or how they hit the ball can affect how it spins towards you or away from you or whatever they can you know like draw you close to the net push you back further from the net that kind of stuff like are, are there trans are there transferables in like say the psychology of sport or like how you how you approach crossfit that you took from tennis or do you think that like am i right in what i'm saying in that they're like just vastly different no i i think uh, tennis helped me a lot in both ways uh, physically and uh, and mentally uh mentally it's so the reason why i haven't succeed in crossfit um uh, i mean in tennis was I just couldn't stand those mind games. It, it's just like I was uh, too. I was thinking too much about what's going on the other side of the court and what my opponent is doing and how mm. he's, he's doing and what's going on around me. And um, so I'm going to explain this because at the at this like first level, the bottom level of um, uh, tennis ton- tournament tournaments and like first round or I don't know yeah, how yeah. to explain it. Uh, we didn't really have a like official judge. We were basically judging oh, yeah. um, by you ourselves. Cho- yourselves, yeah. You had exactly. to like agree if it was in or out or whatever, yeah. Exactly. And it was us judging and also like our parents <laughs> okay. on the side. So like, I usually travel... Um, I, I really I usually travel with um, no parents I mean with parents with my uh, par- my friends parents so no yeah. one really was uh, with me on the court and I was just so scared to call out or something just because I knew this this girl is gonna uh, come to my side and she's gonna be like oh show me the show me the mark on the court and then their parents are gonna came and it's gonna be all agreement I'm gonna be like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I didn't I didn't want to say that. And I was just so stressed about that. And I could play anything on the training. But when it comes to competing, it was just very, very hard. And uh, I couldn't find myself then the, on the court during tournaments. But when I found CrossFit, it was just a whole different story. I, I just could focus on myself only. And I wasn't afraid of any, anything. But we did a lot of training outside the courts as well. Like we used to run once a week uh, mm. in the forest for 90 minutes. It was like trail runs uh, style. We had uh, a lot of endurance training uh, with the group. And I used to train with older kids as well. So I was kind of the youngest one. And other pe- other kids were three, four years uh, older than me. So I think it was very beneficial. And I got more, uh, I got less shy. Okay, yeah. I I could barely speak in my own language. It was still like, yes, no. (laughs) And then I I saw, okay, 
kids like me, I'm pretty good at this, I'm very athletic, so I can be more open. Is is sport a big thing in your family? Like, are you are you an outlier when it comes to uh, being athletic and like you know, like you're freakishly strong and fit and be like crazy body awareness? Because like, I know I heard Savan ask you about this when he was kind of saying that the the most common move is either from like say swimming or like gymnastics or something into CrossFit or weightlifting into CrossFit, and tennis is kind of an odd one, and then for you to be so successful at it is like, you obviously have crazy body awareness. You obviously have crazy, like, you know, just strength capacity and endurance capacity. Like does that run in the family? Are there other athletes like in your family tree? So I, I'm not aware of any athlete in other athlete in my family. Uh, okay. My mom's going to be really happy if I'm going to bring this up. Uh, so she was really the, uh, this athletic athletic girl in the, in her in high school yeah and she always enjoyed uh, sports and she got pregnant when she was 19 and she always said uh, I really wanted to go to this college uh, college and follow edu- uh, physical education oh yeah and she's, she always tells that that's why everything all the emotions and all the stuff came to you and you are so <laughs> Like so good at that just because I was uh, thinking about this yeah. and stuff like this. And I don't know what's the reason. I mean, since I was a kid, since I remember, I always uh, enjoy uh, any kind of sports and everything came up, came to me quite easily when it comes to uh, sports. And I yeah. always enjoy playing with the boys on the PT classes and and of course, like when I came to the gym for the first time to do CrossFit, I didn't get anything. It was just nightmare. I was like, I'm the worst here. I can't do anything. Snatching was a nightmare. And I don't know. It just sounds, it felt really interesting that, and what's the word for it? Um, like, I just really wanted to get better at this. Mm. And I just came back the uh, next the next day, and I was just staying after class, trying to do my street pull up to learn how to do keeping pull ups, toes to bar. And few few more weeks later, I I got all of it. And what what year did you start doing CrossFit? Um, I heard this 2015 is in my head. Does that sound right or no? Yeah, I, I think. It was just before high school, so <clears throat> at the end of 2015, I think. Okay, so <laughs> it's funny you say it like that. It was it was hard at the start, and you couldn't get anything because you have some absolutely astonishing statistics. When you go to your games page, it's basically like essentially 2016, which is a year after, less than a year after. If it was the mm-hmm. end of 2015, so maybe six months after you started CrossFit. So since then, so 2016 to present, you're first in, in your country. So you were like the couple of years, the teenage division, so like 16 and 17, and then 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, you've been first in in, uh, in your country, which is just an insane statistic. Um, 
like it's crazy it's crazy to think about someone starting a sport being like oh i'm terrible at this i don't understand any of it to just be first in their country forever after they start doing it it's crazy um w- the one thing that really stood out to me <clears throat> so 2017 um you were at regionals in 2017 and you were it said i think it was like 66th or something in europe Sorry, no, you were, you were, yeah, you were 66 in Europe in 2017. And then in 2018, you were fifth, which is like a big jump. Like, you know, because the rest of your jumps have been like more consistent, we'll say it's like fifth to fourth or, you know, like that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. or then to the games, that kind of stuff. What was there major changes made between, say, 2017, 2018? Was it like, did you focus on it more? Did you change your training? Was Or was it just a case of like things coming together nicely? I think it's a mix of uh, everything. It, it just, let's start like with that. I, I wasn't aware that the transition from being third at the, at the games as a teenager into uh, elite woman division, division is going to be so hard. Yeah. I just didn't see this gap between uh what, what was the big what was the biggest shock there do you think was just, it like strength or capacity or what or like how was it in what way was it more difficult like gymnastic uh especially uh, gymnastic yeah. especially yeah and strength was just coming together nicely uh i think that's the the good very important thing as well that i got strong really slowly like every year was just slightly better 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 and it wasn't just like this crazy jump and 20 20 kilo prs on every every lift in one year for example and back to 2017 so it was very tricky year because i when i didn't make it i was just very down and i just started doubting myself and thinking oh maybe this crossfit thing is not for me maybe i'm not that good how I thought I'm gonna I can be uh, and it was the year when I was finishing high school so I had my really important uh, final exams uh, and I decided okay I'm just gonna focus on the final exams now and then I will see and the mm-hmm. final exams were done everything went great and I had a longer summer uh, ho- like holidays so basically, I spent whole three months in the gym training, and then I did some some competition in Europe. I think it was in Greece, I think. And there was a lot of uh, older girls who competed multiple times in the regionals mm. uh, for years. And I won there. And I was like, okay, this, this three months of only training and uh, re- uh, focusing on recovery and eating really paid off. So let's keep it and uh, let's keep it. Uh, and of course, my parents expected expected uh, expected me to go to the college because it was September and it was time to choose the college and and start. And okay, I signed to college with like physical education. Oh, your mother must have been absolutely delighted with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I, I went for the first day there and I just realized 
the full day, I mean, the whole day is full of classes. And mm. even that's uh, not really one which I'm going to enjoy. And I just saw, like, if I really want to be good at the at, in CrossFit, I, I don't really have time to go for full day classes because my plan was to go only uh, to college for the weekends. There was an option like that. And this um, college offered something like this for some people, but uh, you would have to be uh, in Olympic sport. Okay. So I could go to like uh, like Polish team and uh, represent uh, my country in some kind of Olympic sport, but CrossFit wasn't uh, in there. So I couldn't really choose this option, unfortunately. And then... I realized, okay, I'm just going, I'm just doing a break now. Did you just do what? Did you actually just do one day of college? And two weeks later, or three weeks later, I got this uh, official letter that, um, dear Gabriela, we are expelling you. You got expelled. I'm like, okay. Just for not turning up. Mm hmm. And what? uh, Were you living at home or were you living? Had you moved to go? Okay. So, what was the say you start college let's say you start college like the first of september what was the atmosphere like in your house on the second of september when you were like no i'm i'm finished with that so it was uh, my mom really believed in me from very beginning and my dad wasn't really sure because it was a little bit like i understand him i spent so much time uh, training doing uh, tennis yeah and they they paid a lot of money for that training and all of a sudden one day i just decided to, to drop it and follow a, another sport and my dad thought that it, it's going to be the same with this one i suppose as well because it's not as recognized a sport so like tennis there's a clear like you know professional path whereas yeah. crossfit it's like you know it's it's getting a bit better but it is just like okay well first you need to get a sponsor and then you need to get another one and you know like so i suppose for someone especially that previous generation like say of your parents to be to understand that or to believe that there is a career path in it i guess is difficult and they they were just worried about me like my dad just wanted me to have a backup plan and just not you know like being athlete is very risky and anything can happen uh but then of course they couldn't force me to do to go to college and it was already the damage was done they expelled me and what what could i do i just focus on the training they support me through this uh, when you when you so on that first day when you went to college and you were like oh screw this like this isn't it isn't what i thought it was going to be or it isn't you know i won't have enough time or whatever like were you <clears throat> Were you communicating those thoughts like to your parents or were you just kind of saying nothing? And then you like, at what point did you say to your parents, like, I'm not sure that, that I'm do-, like, was it, I'm not sure I'm going to do this or was it like, I'm finished. I've already decided and I'm just letting you know. No, I was trying to prepare them before because I kind of knew already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's when, the, when I did my final exam that, this is not something I want to do. I don't want to go to college now. Um, and I was trying to tell them that, but especially my dad say no. And just to, um, to like, 
to stop um to i got confused now now to like um because my dad was keep uh, pushing me i just go there sign yeah, and just give, give it a chance and give it yeah like exactly. to wait and see kind of yeah and uh, for me to be able to train uh, properly and just without my dad telling me about college for another few months, I was like, okay, dad, I just signed. And this is the only reason why I sign in, just to keep my dad away and like, okay, dad, I will go. But I knew I'm going to yeah. figure it out. Some. I'd say he probably knew as well. <laughs> like He probably knew, yeah, especially watching you train so much in the lead up to it. He was like, I know what's coming. In yeah, and that day, that year, in December, I went to Dubai for the, uh, I competed in Dubai for the first time and I was mm -hmm. still like 18, 17, 18. Mm -hmm. uh, and I finished 12th or 15, something like that, like in first, in top 20. Mm -hmm. And there was like really good athletes there. And, and I think, of course, home, uh, my whole family came, they supported me. And I think that saw for the first time that, okay, I can really be good at this. And since then, he supports me 100%. Mm. And, yeah. Um, at what point then did, like, say Nike and that kind of stuff happen? Is that, like, like, because that must be, I'm thinking of, like, I'm with my dad hat on. I'm thinking, like, that must be a big relief. To, obviously nothing is certain like you like you say uh, uh, being an athlete is a risky sport you know you could get injured you could like anything could happen but when you sign your first like that's a big contract to sign like it's a big deal like even just even if they weren't paying you anything it's a big thing to be able to say like oh I'm a Nike athlete because mm -hmm. it kind of holds weight it's like there's a bit of gravitas to it like when that happened were you kind of like oh shit like this is big time or were you just kind of like oh it doesn't mean anything it's you know like how did you kind of rationalize that in your head mm. I'm gonna start with it was always my dream to be an athlete and especially Nike athlete so when I saw email from Nike saying that hey Gabriela we saw you at the regionals uh, in Berlin you looked amazing, you uh, you did amazing, and we would like to talk uh, about our uh, possibility to uh, to sponsor you. And I was just, is this even real? Like, who? I just yeah. asked, like, is that, like, who is this? And are you real? And like, no, it was, um, it was amazing feeling. It was amazing feeling. And I, and the, oh. It's just like before that, it was 2018, like late 2019 when I signed with them. I mean, uh, late 2018 uh, when I signed with them. But before that, for example, for 2016 uh, CrossFit Games trip, uh, when I, yeah, we were able, I were able to get some sponsor to uh, help me with the travel, but it mm. was just like one-time payment. So it was a already a big win that someone is uh, willing to to help me to travel. And after that, I had 
some sponsor from uh, from Poland. It was small payment, but still was pretty cool that mm. I'm 17 years old and I'm able to earn uh, some money uh, from sponsor by just training and getting better. So, mm. but the Nike deal was like uh, changing point and. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so you finished in the teen division, you finished third. Um, and then you said that you struggled a bit with like the move into um, the elite division. Do you think, well, like, did something, um, did something happen? Like, did, did you have a moment of like, I know you mentioned the, the competition in Athens um was that kind of the the turning point of okay i can keep going at this because obviously like i've spoken to say teenage athletes who you know like people like dallin pepper and stuff who are just now are are moving into the elite field and like this kind of a common thread of you know it's nice to be successful in the teenage division but it's not the goal like it's not what the purpose of things is isn't to do well at the teenage division it's to do well when they move up so when you were competing and when you were training and going to the games at whatever 16 17 like was your long-term vision then okay this is nice and everything but i want to be on i want to be in heat four of you know the the elite women's like was that your goal then um i'm gonna say it was uh after the games that year when i stood on the podium and i i just I, like the price uh the ceremony uh happened on the tennis stadium in carson yeah. california and just the vibe there it's it's amazing i was just standing on the podium knowing that i really came here just to enjoy myself and enjoy this trip without really focusing on on winning and i still end up on the podium so it was a quite big moment and then I just realized, okay, that's an amazing feeling, but I really want to be on top, but on the uh, elite division one yeah. day. Um, so you finished sixth um, last year at the Games and then you finished third at Rogue and you finished third in Dubai as well, didn't you? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so you finished third in Rogue at Rogue and Laura was a place behind you and then I guess she got her own back in Dubai and you finished third and she was ahead of you um is that like is finishing because obviously Rogue was a stacked field because it was like an invite uh competition and it was like literally everyone had been to the games and had performed really well at the games and then Dubai was very similar like do those kind of performances and those kind of moments or like standing on those podiums is that like does that feel like you're kind of really stamping your arrival on the sport that you're really like making a statement because I know some some athletes view those competitions as say a little test to see okay where am I at in my off season where am I at compared to the other people who are in their off season and then I know other athletes view them as I'm going to make a statement when I go to that competition and I'm going to scare the shit out of everyone for like Madison next year. Like, where did you fall uh, when it comes to those mindsets of say for rogue and for Dubai? Mm, so uh, 
the purpose of those competition of season competition was to um to practice to practice how to compete yeah. and to not make or like to make the mistakes on those off season competition and to learn from them and be ready for uh, crossfit games because at the end of the day the the main uh, goal is to uh to do well at the games so uh maybe that's why uh i did quite well on them just because i didn't have this pressure yeah you were able, uh, able to take a swing i guess on some of the events yeah, yeah. um does that change how you'd approach the games then like if you're at rogue and you like performed incredibly well at rogue and dubai and if you're saying that some of those events you kind of i guess took a chuck it and see uh like mm-hmm. mindset of like well let's just like go for it and see what happens whereas maybe at the games obviously there's more events i suppose but do you think maybe in 2022 when we'll assume when you're at the games do you think you might be a bit more risky with some of your events do you think you might take some more swings than you did last year um we'll see we'll see of, of course it really depends on uh what the event's gonna look like mm. right but um yeah this is something interesting like for sure i'm gonna work a lot uh on my mental side when it comes to this because last year i went uh, i competed the games uh with like small goal that it would be amazing to finish in top 10, but I, re- I didn't really like believe in hundred percent. Like eh, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not gonna, nothing bad's going to happen if I'm going to finish outside top 10, top 10, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. But then I was really doing well during the weekend. And of course the pressure got like, okay, at some point, like I could even almost grab the third one, which was crazy feeling. I would never expect that. And of course some, some nerves got in and stuff like this. So for this is a another lesson uh, I got from the competition, and I don't have I don't want to have this uh, uh, feeling again, like mm. this pressure which I put on myself, which is really really bad. And like you said, the uh, 2022 game is gonna be uh, different, but. I'm aware of that, that this pressure might come sneak in, but I'm going to be ready for it to be. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're, we mentioned there that you're with the program and you started with them in 2020 and mm-hmm. moved uh, to Mallorca. Um, it's obviously like, there's a really tight knit community there. There's a really, like, there's a core group that, you know, I know you do your own training and stuff and you know, you've your own, I guess, individualized types of training or types of uh, programs. Um, and then I know like say Laura visits the Island kind of semi-regularly and Adrian is living on the Island as well. I know he trains at you guys sometimes. Um, is there, obviously you can be in a competitive environment with elite athletes, but then sometimes you know, like, does it ever get a bit much? Like, does it ever get a bit uh, overly competitive or does it ever get a bit, like, do you ever need to just 
you or anyone in it need to just be like okay i just need to go and train on my own for like a week because it's just getting a bit intense because i'm like i'm conscious as well that say you and jacqueline train together um regularly and your friends but you're also like cutthroat competitors who want to both succeed at the sport and you can't both win the games Mm -hmm. i mean I would be lying if I'm if I would say that it's always rainbows and butterflies and nothing bad ever happens. Uh, of course, there is a lot of people training together, so there's a lot of dynamics going, mm. and some sometimes someone has a bad bad day or something, so there's a lot of emotions. But uh, I think it's very beneficial to to train in the group. I mean. Uh, since 2022 games, we changed the schedule a, a little bit. Um, we are just training by ourselves, but we are at the same time at the gym. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and we are doing some session together, like swimming, running, or on Saturday, we always hit the CrossFit, uh, CrossFit session together. Mm. So we have a little bit of competing uh, during the week, uh, against each other but also we can focus on our training uh, and our emotions so we are not competing every day together uh, so i think it's healthy healthy way uh, um what was it about the programmer or john that like drew you in and then what do you think because obviously there's been a you've had like <clears throat> I guess a kind of a meteoric rise or you've had you've had a notable improvement in your results and in your performances in the last like couple of years and that's coincided with like joining the program so what what do you think what drew you in in the first place and what do you think are the major differences that you've found working with John mm, I think in general I just needed more time and more practice in uh, in a lot of areas. And the areas when I was struggling with the most, those are the uh, the movements and areas when actually the time is is the key. Like you can't you know skip the training. You just need mm. uh, volume and and everything. But I just think also uh, moving here and maybe it's gonna sound sound a little bit selfish or maybe some people might not understand it but just because I moved here I don't really have any distractions I know this yeah. is super fun island and you can do a lot of stuff but I'm not doing them and you know when I was in Poland there was always some friend who wanted to meet or who needed something there was a family reunion family mm meetings and everything and of course i i couldn't say no this is my grandparents uh anniversary or my aunt's birthday so i i was always there and unfortunately it affected the training mm. a little bit and here i can have this excuse that okay i'm sorry grandma or like, i'm sorry uncle i can't really just buy a ticket now and mm. and fly there so uh yeah being in athlete at this level is it, it's very lonely and it's hard you 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 have to i don't like to use word sacrifice but family is a it's it's a big sacrifice mm. 
Um, so you say it's lonely and obviously you're there with Christoph. Well, like he's not there now, but in general, mm-hmm. um, but he obviously has his own training that he's focusing on and he has his own aspirations and he's going to semifinals and he's getting ready for competitions the same way that you are. Um, is it hard to like switch off? Like, do you, when you, when you come home from the gym, do you just like talk about anything but CrossFit or like, cause I know I've heard other people talk about him, about that. He's very intelligent when it comes to like programming and understanding, you know, like coaching and that kind of stuff. Like, do you ever, like, do you have a rule that like, okay, at six o'clock, we, we're just not talking about CrossFit anymore. Let's just watch like Netflix or whatever. Or do you allow yourselves to just like chat, you know, like, do you draw a line as a couple, I guess, about like, that's work and this isn't work? Uh, we are trying to this, uh, trying to do this. Uh, it's very hard, of course, because our life is mostly mm. about CrossFit, uh, around CrossFit. But it's very healthy to do that, just to mm. stop thinking about CrossFit and talking about CrossFit for a little bit. Uh, but we don't really have this rule, like, okay, it's six o'clock, no CrossFit. Uh, of course, like sometimes, and like you said, Christoph is a uh, really smart guy and he's really good coach as well. And sometimes when I have a bad day or I'm a little bit upset about how the session went, he, he's always the one who who helps me to get back on track with my thoughts and, and everything. So sometimes it's needed to uh, kind of get back what happened at the gym and just uh, close it properly yeah um do you think that there's a gap when it comes to like say attention or notice as a european athlete compared to if you had the success that you have now but lived in like oklahoma or like new york or whatever if you were an american athlete do you think that you'd have do you think that you'd have the same level of success off the field that you have now? Or do you think that as a European athlete, it's more difficult? Uh, you mean when it comes to to exposure? Yeah, like exposure and like, you know, like sponsorships or recognition or even just like recognition by the community. I was thinking about this. I, I, I think it would be a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, it's it just the CrossFit, it's so much, it's just bigger. I mean, now the Europe, uh, European CrossFit is it's getting there and the sign-ups for the Open went up a lot. But for example, uh, how was it with Poland? Basically, CrossFit came to Poland in two, 2012. Mm. So compared to the to US, it was, uh, it was quite late. Uh, mm. uh, I, I heard about CrossFit in 2015, for example, for the first time. Yeah, so, yeah maybe that's that's the reason as well. Yeah. Um, you mentioned there that you had a goal kind of, <clears throat> it sounds like it was kind of a loose goal, I suppose, of la- for last year of finishing top 10. Um, have you a more like concrete goal for this year or are you waiting until after semifinals to start thinking about what you want or did you think about what you want like last august Mm -hmm. so i was sitting it was uh, already after the games and after the games uh, for the podium uh, ceremony 
all the uh, athletes are uh, mm. coming on the floor. Yeah. And I was just sitting there and watching the podium finishers, and I wasn't even happy about my sixth finish because I just want. I, I was just thinking that I would love to be there, and uh, and that that moment I just uh, uh, promised myself that I'm gonna do everything what I can to to be there next year. And of course, there is a mental side uh, of this, and this pressure you you are putting on yourself, and and other people are putting on yourself uh, on you. But that's why I really, really need to be careful what I'm saying and thinking, because of course, it's very hard to beat my previous season. Like when I think when it was end of the season, I wasn't really looking at this. I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't good enough, but then I was trying to reflect on how uh, last year went, and it was pretty amazing. Finishing yeah. sixth, third at Rock, third at Dubai, so I could be proud of myself. And from that to to beat that, you know, the next yeah. season it's gonna be hard. And of course, nothing's gonna make me happy and satisfied, which is lower than sixth at the games. Yeah. So that's the tricky thing. And of course, I'm I'm going for the podium, but I don't want to put this pressure on myself. So I just need to believe I can do this, but also be prepared that nothing bad's gonna happen if, uh, yeah. if I'm not gonna be there. If that makes sense, yeah. No, it does. Yeah, because it's dangerous thinking. <clears throat> yeah, because you're it's you're kind of walking. It's on you're on a knife edge because it's like on one side it's wow, isn't it amazing? I'm the sixth fittest athlete in the world. And there's people who'd give anything to just go to the games, never mind, or go to semifinals, never mind finish sixth in the world is amazing. But then also you can't, you can't, like when you're an athlete like you and with the mindset you have, you can't just accept sixth either. Like you always, you know, you want fifth and then fourth and then third. Um, So yeah, but then I suppose it's, it's hard to put a number on it, especially when, like, when you look at the field, <laughs> it's just crazy. And it, and it's the type of thing, like, it, <clears throat> I can understand the frustration of sitting looking at the podium. But then when you see the people who are on the podium, it's like, you know, no nobody finishes where they don't deserve to finish, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, unless something awful happens, um, like they can't compete or they get injured or whatever. But, like, it, it is, it, it's... An, an incredibly unforgiving sport when it comes to like one little mistake or one little gap or whatever can just cost so much so um yeah i think i think you're on you're on the verge of of something special if not this year definitely soon um but look we'll finish with a quick fire and um, so these are all either or um so snatch or clean clean uh dumbbell or barbell barbell uh, run or swim? Run. Row or ski? Row. Um, handstand push-up or thruster? Uh, thruster. Sprint or chipper? Uh, chipper. That's the fastest anyone's ever answered. <laughs> quick fire. So you have the, you have the record time of the quick fire. Most Lift. people, yeah, most people react to a question or like pause or think about it. That was impressive. Um, 
Well, look, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time out. It's been great getting to talk to you. Um, a real privilege. I think you're you're doing something special. And, you know, I think one of the things I always look for when I'm like watching female athletes or speaking to female athletes, I always think like, is this someone that I want my daughter to be exposed to? And I think you you definitely fit them all there. I'd be really proud if she if she looked up to you. Um, I think I'm I'm excited to see what you can do this season and beyond the season. I think there's you know you're basically still a child, so you you've got plenty of time left in the sport. So I think you've got great things ahead. Um, yeah, thanks and best of luck with semifinals and everything after it. Yeah, thank you so much. It uh, it was a fun and say hi from me to your daughter oh i will of course mm -hmm. i will of course um cool this is coming out uh in like two weeks so i'll i'll tag in some stuff when it comes out but thanks this is great really really appreciate you coming on thank you so much